Today on the Heartland Community Church Podcast, online campus pastor Trevor McDonald brings part one of a new series titled Desert Sessions. This message is titled, There is Good News in the Desert. All righty. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Come on, Harlan. How you feeling? Feeling okay? Good morning. I'm so glad you guys are here. It's so good to be in uh, church. Me and Charmaine were talking uh, earlier. Um, don't you guys just love Steve? Don't you love Steve Carter? If you don't know Steve Carter, well, okay, the four of you. Don't tell Steve that that happened. Goodness gracious, that was too funny. We're saying, like, Steve can say anything, whether it's in a desert or a McDonald's parking lot. And it just sounds good. He just, he just knows what he's doing. Uh, well, hey, my name is Trevor, and uh, I'm so excited to start this new series, Desert Sessions, like we've been talking about, like Steve was saying, like Charmaine was talking about, like we're basically kind of singing about. And I truly believe this uh, next several weeks, as we kind of lean in as a church, that, uh, man, God's going to speak uh, my prayer ultimately is that God begins to speak to you individually and also begins to speak into your family and speak into your life where we understand what the desert seasons are like and that perhaps maybe we'd actually begin to learn how to embrace these seasons as difficult as they may be. Because let's just be honest, like no one really, really loves these desert seasons. But it's my job to kind of convince a little bit of that today, and uh, hope you guys stay with me. Here's what I'm going to do, though. I'm going to start right in Exodus. Um, before they put it on the screen, I'm going to give a little backstory of where we're about to go. Uh, in the first book of the Bible named Genesis, Genesis ends, and then it goes and crosses over to Exodus. In between this is like hundreds of years have gone by, right? So Genesis ends with Joseph, who is the, one of the sons of Jacob, one of the patriarchs of our faith. So you have Abraham. Isaac and Jacob and the Pharaoh of uh, Egypt, the king of Egypt, allowed all the Israelites to come and basically dwell in Egypt. Joseph helped basically save the known world at the time from this horrible, terrible famine. And then they were able to dwell and live there. Well, now hundreds of years have gone by and we walk into Exodus where a lot of these people have basically forgotten who their God is. They've forgotten that, they're the God, that they have the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And now the Pharaoh is a whole new Pharaoh. The king of Egypt is evil. He's terrible. He's not so good. And he doesn't want the Israelites uh, to leave. He wants them to stay there so he can oppress them, keep them in bondage. And this is kind of where we pick up. And then God speaks to this man named Moses. Everyone know who Moses is? You know, Moses, Red Sea. You know, I love that people clapped at that. (laughs) Everyone know Moses? He's just, mm, he's good. He is good. Amen. So, so Moses, basically God comes to Moses and says, hey, I need you to go to Pharaoh. Remember this terrible king. And I need you to tell him to let my people go. So Moses is like, okay, cool. He goes there after 10 different plagues. Finally, Pharaoh says, fine, go ahead and leave. All the Israelites, 600,000 plus people can leave Egypt and they can go to their promised land. And here's where we pick up in Exodus 13. This is where it comes. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. Quick pause. If you're like me, this this frustrates the heck out of me. There's a shorter route, and yet you didn't pick that one. Like, in our life, let's just be honest. Like, God, there's a real easier route here. It could have been shorter. It could have been quicker, yet you don't don't want me to go that way. Like anybody relate, like there's a shorter, easier way, and yet God takes you a different route. This is what God's basically doing to the children of Israel. He says, hey, I'm not going to take it through the Philistine country, for God said if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Here's kind of the point what God is doing. There's always a reason why God is doing what he's doing. 
Remember, the children of Israel had been in oppression and in bondage for hundreds of years. They were not fully equipped or ready to actually fight in a war. Because sometimes in our own life, if we're honest, like we think we're ready for something. We overstep because we think we're good, we're ready, and then we're taken out. So God knows best, and he's saying, hey, I'm going to take them a different route. So let's pick up. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. By the desert road toward the Red Sea. In this season, or this series, Desert Sessions, we're kind of going on this desert road leading all the way up to Good Friday and Easter. And here's God taking the children of Israel by the desert road road. Now, here's, here's kind of the title of my message. I'm a, I'm a title person, and I love when people take notes, or I love to take notes. If you want to lean in and take notes, that's fine, or you can just stare at me. That's cool, too. We can, we can, we can, we can make this happen. If you are taking notes, here's the message title. There is good news in the desert. There is good news in the desert. Now, you might be like, that makes zero sense, but I have to try to, you know, work this thing out, and let's see if we can convince all of us that there is good news in the desert. Amen? Awesome. All right, let me pray real quick. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you that, God, we can come into a space like this and ultimately, man, just experience your presence. We know that you're here. We know that you're in the midst. We know, God, that you are with us. And I pray for my friends today that, God, if they feel like they're alone, they feel like they're fighting some things, Lord, I pray that you would just kind of tap them on the shoulder, speak to them, give them hope today, and maybe may we be reminded that, God, you are with us and that there's good news in our desert seasons. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. So it might feel like you've been in a desert for a long time. Like if we're honest, like 2021 hit, we're like happy new year, but nothing really necessarily changed. Maybe just kind of new year. Maybe you didn't scream happy. You just said new year. It was like all the stuff from 2020 came and you're like, new year. It's like happy. I don't know. It's like there's a lot going on. Now, if you go all the way back to like March of last year, like, this is right when, like, COVID hit. The pandemic is on, you know, on the spike. And I remember, like, we're getting the stay-at-home orders, right? As a family, we were living in South Carolina at the time. We're looking at each other like, hey, we just got to make the best of this thing. You just got to hang. You just got to stay in- indoors. You can kind of go outdoors. You know, make sure you don't go out there too much. You can't really talk to neighbors. So, like, and then, you know, do we have enough toilet paper? That was weird. Like, I hope we had enough. Like, that was strange. And if you're one of those people that, you know, hoard all the toilet paper, God bless you. But God saw all that happen. You know what I mean? Hopefully you were lending to your neighbors, like throwing them across the, sorry. But like we looked at each other like, hey, we got to make the best of this. We got two young boys. Let's just kind of hang. Let's, you know, do what we can. And then I remember being like, well, what do you do when, you know, you're stuck indoors? Well, naturally, let's watch some TV shows. Let's watch some old ones. Let's watch some new ones. Let's binge watch all the TV shows that we haven't seen. And friends are suggesting, like, who's binge watching in here? Who's like a big binge watcher? That's awesome. Love the seven of you. You guys are amazing. Thank you, sir, over there in the front row. But you binge watch like you just kind of cruise on through them. I don't want to wait. So I don't even care if you got to stay up till two, 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 three in the morning. Like, if I get fired, at least I finish my show, right? Like, if I'm late for work, no problem. Did you see what happened on the show? I went right through season one all the way to seven. <laughs> like, Maybe you don't have a life, but if, if you have stay-at-home orders, it's not a whole lot you can do. Like, you kind of got to work, and then you want to watch whatever you want to watch. And then I said to Amy, my wife, I said, hey, what if we binge-watched all the Marvel movies? 
Like beginning to end. Yeah, uh-huh. What if we, I love that. If we binge watch first one, all, and not, now for me, I'm a nerd, so I'm kind of like, look, I want to watch in chronological order. I want to know the story from beginning to end. Now, I've seen a few of them, so there's some that I had to kind of like, you know, get to know what's this one, how does this fit? Like Iron Man 3, no clue where that fits, but it's in there somewhere. Like, but we got to binge watch all of them. So in a few weeks, like we went all the way to Captain Marvel, all the way to Endgame or whatever was the last one. I think it was Spider-Man something. Don't worry about it. Google it later. And we binge watched all the Marvel movies. Here's the question, though. Here's the question that you and I have to ask ourselves. What do you do when you're unable to binge watch a desert season? What do you do when you're unable to binge watch hard times, painful seasons, seasons where you got questions, times where nothing makes sense, where there's job loss, where there's marital issues, or there's relational tension in your life, and you're saying, man, I wish I could just kind of cruise through this, but I just kind of have to, what? Just live in it. What do you do when you're led by the desert roads of life and you are right there in the middle of a desert session? These are times we can't binge watch these moments, can we? We can't just kind of cruise on by them. We can't just pretend that they don't happen. This is what we do, though, don't we? Like, if you're like me, we just kind of ignore them. When we're led by the desert road, like the Israelites, we just kind of say, I don't, you know, forget it. This isn't really happening. Let's just, let's ignore it. Let's deny it. Maybe you shut down. Friends and family are asking if you're okay, and you're just kind of, oh, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. These are hard times, painful seasons. Oftentimes, too, what we actually do, we try to, like, control the issue. Like, well, if I just put my hands on it, if I begin to actually, if I control this thing, it'll, it'll get better. And yet, neuroscience will actually tell you, when you go through painful seasons and you get your hands all on that stuff, trying to control it, that your anxiety actually peaks. And this is when depression begins to sit in. And, and you're thinking to yourself, no, 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 if I, if I just put my hands on these hard times, if I begin to actually control the narrative, then it'll get better. And yet, we're actually told that we should release in desert seasons. That holding on to it actually doesn't help. What's another thing that we do? We complain in desert seasons, don't we? Like, God, come on now, where are you? What's going on? Why am I in this? What's happening? And you, you think that maybe it's going to happen and, and go by quickly, and yet it's taking kind of a long time. Maybe you find yourself there today, like, this is a desert, like, decade. <laughs> like, this is no season. It has been a minute. And here's what the Israelites do in uh, Exodus 14. After Pharaoh says, go ahead and go, Moses, take him. If you know the story, what basically takes place is the Egyptian army and Pharaoh changes his mind and said, hey, let's go get the Israelites. Let's get them back here. And here's where we pick up in Exodus chapter 14. They said to Moses, this is the Israelites talking to Moses, hey, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? Sounds extreme. Hey, why am I out here? To die? Like, were there not enough graves in Egypt? Like, you brought me here to the desert to die. Like, if we're honest, like, this is kind of how we feel. Did you bring me out here to die? Like, you brought out here me, for, for me to fail? Like, what is going on? God, are you here? Hey! Did you bring me here to die? And this is where the Israelites are talking to Moses. Were there not enough graves in Egypt? And it goes on, it says, what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And here's kind of where 
We are. In the desert, you can't binge watch these seasons. You gotta learn to embrace them. You gotta learn that there's good news in it, that, there's, that we need these seasons. So you could argue that we do need these seasons. If you look at the Israelites and the reason why God has taken them there, like I said earlier, basically going from Genesis to Exodus, God was bringing them by the desert road to what? To remind them who he is and who they are. After hundreds of years of not knowing who their God really is, maybe not even knowing who they really are, God says, I'm going to take you into the desert to then show you who I am and also show you who you are. See, we need the desert seasons of our life. We need these times for God to prove his faithfulness, to begin to show his promises to us, as painful as it may be, as difficult as these seasons are, we need the desert, right? It begins to take some things off of us that we didn't need anymore, and this is why we go through these seasons. Now, after 40 years of the Israelites wandering the desert, we, we pick up here in Deuteronomy chapter 8. We see God reminding his people yet again. He says this in Deuteronomy 8, 2, and 3. He says, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. God is bringing us in the desert seasons of our lives to what? Humble us and to teach us. It doesn't feel good. I don't really want this. And yet God is doing it because there's a purpose and there's a reason. Verse three says this, he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor, nor your fathers had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. I did not bring you out here just because. Brought you out in the desert to teach you, to humble you, to begin to show you who you are, to tell you who you are, to remind you who you are. And as you've been wandering in this desert session and season of life, I'm also here to tell you that you cannot live off the exterior things of this world. You need to learn how to live off of every word that comes out of my mouth. Now, here's the beautiful part. Here's the good news in the desert. The, the original language that this word was, was written in is the Hebrew language. And the word for desert or wilderness is actually the word midbar. Midbar. The root word of this word, midbar, is debar, D-B-R. The meaning of this word, the meaning of desert or wilderness is speak, is speak. The desert and the wilderness seasons of your life and my life is actually the place of God speaking. So while we are in the desert seasons of our life and we're saying, hey, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. God has actually brought you there to do what? Speak. The, the, the actual definition of this word is Speak, and just like God reminded them after the 40 years before they're about to cross over into the promised land, what happens? Let me remind you that you cannot live off of this manna. You cannot live off of bread alone, yet you are to live off of every word that comes from my mouth. And it's in desert seasons, in hard times, in wilderness times, this is when we can actually tune our ear to hear God speak the most. In the New Testament, Jesus speaks uh, into a chaotic situation and 
brings order. It's a, it's a rather famous story. Matthew chapter 8, we see Jesus on this boat with his disciples, kind of a crazy time, and Jesus speaks. Let's pick it up in Matthew chapter 8. It says this, Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Quick pause. Here's what's funny about life. There's about to be a massive storm. We'll get there in a second. The disciples are actually following Jesus. If we're real in here, like how many times you feel like you've done the right thing at the right time following Jesus, and you're still in a desert season? You still get stuck in a storm. It's like, whoa. I was doing the right thing, and why am I in this season? Friend, I'm here to remind you and tell you there is good news in the desert. Why? Because in those seasons, in those times, that's when he speaks the clearest. So here they are. They're following him. Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake. Another frustration of mine. Suddenly, there are times in your life and my life that just suddenly things happen. I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared. It just happened. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. <laughs> Come on. What? The writer had to put that in there. Hey, just so you know, in the storms of life, Jesus is sleeping. Wait, he's not like working? He's not putting his hands to this thing? No, he's sleeping. Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. This is exactly what you and I would do. God, save us. We're going to drown. Now, the book of Mark chapter 4, it records this exact same story. And the disciples' reaction in Mark 4 is, hey, don't you care? We're going to die. It sounds a lot like Exodus 14, doesn't it? Hey, God, why did you bring me out in this desert? Hey, Jesus, why are you sleeping? And why am I on this boat? Why are we drowning? Did you bring us out here to what? To die. Because this is what happens, right? This is kind of what goes on in our life. We just think, man, I don't think God is here. I don't think God is with me. I don't think God actually really cares about this situation. I'm in a desert season. I'm in a desert session. It doesn't really feel like he cares so much. I must be out here to what? Just to die. It's over. What's the point? Throw the towel in. And yet Jesus is still in the boat. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds. He spoke to the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So Jesus speaks to the wind and speaks to the waves, even in the middle of the hardest time that these disciples are in currently at that moment. In the middle of a storm, in the middle of a desert season, Jesus speaks. Midbar. The meaning of this time is God speaks. But this sounds really good. We're like, oh, Trevor, that sounds awesome, man. But um, I don't really hear God. Like, right, like, let's be honest in here. It's like, hey, I'm in a desert season, and I don't hear anything. Like, I can shout as loud as I can, but I'm not really hearing much coming down. Hey. Hey. It'd be awesome if you spoke. And here's the truth. In our lives, with all the cluttered and crowded chaos that we have, it's hard to hear God. 
It's hard to listen to what's going on. It's hard to actually hear God speak. And yet, you and I are faced with desert seasons. You and I are always going to walk through these times that don't make any sense. In my life, in my family's life, August 27, 2017, will be a date that we'll never, ever forget. It was almost, you could say, the start of a desert season. It was a start of one of the hardest times that we've ever had to walk through and go through. We were living in Houston, Texas at the time, and in that uh, time span, there was this uh, hurricane that was coming through the Gulf. It was known as kind of like maybe it was going to be hard, maybe it was going to be difficult. We didn't know how big it was going to be, but we've actually survived a few hurricanes. They just kind of sometimes rush in pretty quick, and it is what it is, and sometimes they take down some trees, sometimes you get some flooding, but it's not all that terrible. Now, what happened with this hurricane, it was supposed to kind of rush through, but actually it just kind of sat over the city of Houston for days. Record amount of flooding, record amount of houses being destroyed. It was August 26th, the night before my kids go to bed and Amy goes to bed and say, I'm going to stay up. I'm just going to watch the weather, weather patterns and see what we need to do, like just in case something happens. Like we got to be ready. It was like 2 in the morning, and it was like 3 in the morning, and then finally at 4.30 in the morning, I'm out looking through the front door and seeing the water splashing up against my house. And then I go to the back patio door and see the water splashing up against the back patio, and I just know it's over. Hopeless. Amy comes out, and she says, hey, what, are you still up? Like, have you not gone to bed? And I just look at her stone face. I said, Amy, it's not good. It's not good knowingly that the water's just going to come in, it's going to find its way in, and we're just in the house. We had a four-year-old and a one-year-old at the time. We're like, this is, this is it. About an hour later, about 5.30, 5.45, uh, I remember sitting and just standing in my kitchen, just thinking and praying, and what the heck is happening, and just beginning to see water just seep in from all different areas in the house, and within minutes, it's over our feet, up to our ankles, and up to our calves. At that moment, you're kind of like, what do you do? This is it. All hopeless, all, all hope is now lost. All, 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 all like, what, what can we, what, how can we get out of here? What, like we're making plans to somehow get on the roof with a one-year-old and a four-year-old. Hours go by, and then eventually, after making some calls and trying to figure out what to do, we had no reference to see if like neighbors are helping neighbors. This is fresh. This is pouring down rain. No one's out. All we see is just water. 9.30, 9.45 in the morning, I hear a knock at the door, and I open the door, and the water rushes in. These two complete strangers say, hey, are you ready to get saved? Are you ready to get rescued? And I just say, hey, Amy, it's time. Like, I don't even know what we're doing. I don't know who these two guys even are. I don't know if they're with, like, the Red Cross or the police. I don't know. They're just people to me. Hey, yeah, let's do it. So we like throw a bunch of stuff in some bags. We figure out what we do. My son wants his Hot Wheels. We grab that bag, like whatever we need. And we sit and we board on these kayaks in my living room to be pulled out into God knows what. And I'm holding my oldest at, at the time. He's four, holding Parker. And Amy's got Beckham, who's one. And these two complete strangers, Matt and Chris, just say, hey, let's go. Where are we going? I said, I don't know where we're going, bro. You got us. What's out there? And there's something that, like, I can remember where I was sitting. I remember looking at my front door, 
And this peace began to overwhelm me. And I almost felt like it was, you may not know where you're going, but I'm going with you. You may not know where you're going, but I'm going with you. Friend, let me just be a reminder of you for you today. You may not know where you're going. You may not know what in the heck is going on. You don't know what's happening in the desert season of your life. But let me just say, God is with you. And maybe, just maybe, maybe in these desert seasons in our life, we don't remove them, we don't complain about them, we don't run from them, but instead we just embrace them because we know in those seasons God is speaking. We're just saying, hey, I don't like this, I don't want this, but my God, I need it. Let me just say this, I remember just thinking, this is not what I asked for. This is not what I wanted. I don't want to lose my home. I don't want to lose all this stuff. And yet I can tell you with conviction, it's exactly what I needed. Because in those desert seasons, let me just say, those are the times where God reminds you who you are, who he is, who's your provider, what really matters. And, oh, God, strip it all away. Remove everything so that I can sit and be with you, so that maybe all the clutter and the chaos in my life can be removed so that I can hear you more. So what's our response? In the desert seasons of life, what if we actually just embraced them? What if instead of just complaining about them, this is our natural response? Yeah, man, life is horrible, life stinks. It's interesting how if, if, if we're trying to follow the person of Jesus, who even in the midst of a storm speaks to it and calms it and brings peace, as his, quote, agents, we actually complain more than other people who don't follow Jesus. I find that interesting. I find myself constantly complaining where I'm like, wait, whoa, hold on, hold on. I have the God of the universe on my side. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives and dwells on the inside of me, and yet I'm complaining about what's going on? Friend, I don't, if I'm in a desert season, let me lean in and let me embrace it. Maybe there's something that God wants to speak. Maybe there's something that God wants to say to you and to me in these times. And if we incline our ear and listen, I can guarantee God will do what he says he will do. So here's kind of our homework assignment. This week, and leaning into these next several weeks as we go on this Desert Sessions series leading up to Easter, is maybe this week begin to take note. Where, where are some areas in our life where things are cluttered, things are crowded, things are a bit chaotic? Where do we need to make room for him so that he can speak? I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what you have to kind of take off your plate in a sense and begin to say, hey, I'm going to remove this stuff. I'm going to kind of move this clutter out of the way so that I can hear him speak this week, kind of write that stuff down. Take this stuff serious where it's like, man, I want to see where I can begin to make room for stuff so then I can hear God speak. I really, really want to hear him. Number two is this, maybe taking a step further and find someone to talk to. Maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a loved one, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a friend. Say, hey, I feel like I'm really kind of crowded in this area. I feel like there's a lot of clutter in this space, and I really want to hear him speak. Because I haven't heard him in a really, really long time. I just haven't heard him in a long time. 
And I got so much stuff going on. I got the kids and I got work and I have to make sure this thing works. I got all those bills I got to pay. I got so much stuff going on. But friend, let me just say, let's learn to slow ourselves down just a bit. Because I believe that God wants to speak. God wants to say some things to you, even in your desert season. Friend, you may not know where you're going. You may not know what is going on. But I believe that God is with you. Amen? Let's stand together and we pray for you. God, we're standing and just asking you to, uh, to speak. If we're honest, if I'm honest, God, there's been so many times in my life where I try to control these hard seasons. I put my hands all on them and actually my anxiety heightens and I feel overwhelmed. And God, even... Like these desert seasons and these storms of life are kind of like, man, I wish this could kind of just go quicker. I wish I could just binge watch these moments. I wish I could just fly through these times. And yet, God, we are reminded today that we need the desert and that there's good news in the desert because in these seasons, it's where you speak, where you bring clarity. So I pray, God, for every single person in this room that they would begin to see where they need to begin to make room in their life to hear you speak. God, I pray even in this moment, may you begin to restore hope. May you begin to restore hope in our hearts and our souls. God, breathe into our souls today. God, bring life into our bones again. God, these seasons are hard, painful. Yet, God, we want to not live off of the exterior things of this earth, but, God, we want to truly live off of every word spoken from your mouth. So, God, we ask you to speak as we, God, begin to make room in our lives and make room even in this moment. God, do a healing power work work today. Do a miracle work today. Begin to restore marriages. Begin to restore hope in people. Begin to restore our soul in this season, in this time. God, we love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to online campus pastor Trevor McDonald with part one of the series titled Desert Sessions. You can experience the service this message came from by going to heartland.cc and clicking on the watch page or go to our YouTube channel at Heartland CC Rockford. You can also watch it on the Heartland CC app. Thanks for listening.